surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk About It with Taylor Nolan. I am your host, Taylor, and today marks 100 episodes of Let's Talk About It. I really cannot believe that we are at 100 episodes. I don't think I ever anticipated I would be doing this for 100 episodes. And today I want to take some time to really just review where this podcast has been in the last 100 episodes from when I first started to things I've learned along the way. And I also want to take some time to answer some of your questions regarding the last few episodes and also kind of share with you guys where I'm planning on taking the podcast for the next 100 episodes. So I'm really excited. This is going to be a solo episode for me today. So it's just going to be me and you. I hope you're ready to open your ears and and reflect on this podcast. So first, I want to start out addressing something that I've I've received a few messages about. And I think a lot of you have um, just kind of respected my my privacy around this, and that has been super super appreciated. Uh, when I first started, let's talk about it. I uh, started this podcast with a co-host, with a very very dear friend of mine, and throughout this podcast, uh, we are no longer friends, and that was a really difficult, really hard period for me to move through, and. I, I think things are things are fine now where they are, but being if you have listened, you know, to this podcast for all 100 episodes, I, I do want to be honest with you guys. And um, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I just said you guys, and that was something that we recently talked about on Instagram, and and what what I should refer to you all as as listeners. And I thought that like we needed to have some kind of a name. You know, feeling like you look at some other podcasts and there's, you know, a kind of a pretty defined culture around the community of listeners. And I was so not prepared for some of the responses that a lot of you did not really want any names, that a lot of you just wanted to be called listeners. And that, you know, I I was hoping for a less gendered term than you guys, as I was requested in a review on iTunes. And uh, I do read those. So thank you for leaving those reviews. But uh, yeah, a lot of people did not want an actual name and there there were some brainstorms around names like saying talkers or feelers or there were, you know, Nolan Nation was one of them, um, Emotional Intelligence Squad. Uh, <laughs> some of them I, I did really like, but I thought at the end of the day, you know, you guys not only are listening to this podcast, but I think a large part of what I want to teach and what I want to model in this podcast is listening and how listening is just so beneficial to 
be really in, engaged in, right? To have those actual active listening skills um, in our everyday lives and our relationships to help better our mental health and emotional health. So I, I do like the idea of just referring to you all as listeners. And I do apologize for when I do say you guys, it comes so natural. And I, I do say y'all a bit from living in South Carolina, but um, yeah, I'm just going to continue to say listeners and you all and and probably y'all a little bit. <laughs> but just a little side tangent there on what to refer to listeners as. But going back to where I started the podcast, uh, yeah, it, you know, I very much enjoyed, I, I was very nervous starting this podcast and I did feel like I had a lot of support going into this with a friend and we learned a lot about our relationship through doing this podcast and we both grew in so many different ways and yeah, I, there's not a lot I can really actually say on it, but he is someone that is no longer in my life. And I super appreciate, you know, all of the times that we shared together and especially on this podcast and how some of you also grew very fond of him. And I appreciate you guys even opening him into your ears and your hearts and minds as well. Uh, but yeah, that was kind of where it started. <laughs> and not only that, but when it when I started the podcast, I was engaged coming off of Bachelor in Paradise and was in such a tricky time in my life. <laughs> and I'm going to be totally honest with you. I had no idea. I literally had no idea what I was getting myself into. I started the podcast feeling like I wanted to have deeper conversations than I was having on Instagram and that it would feel irresponsible to not continue to have more in-depth conversations when I had a platform and was just kind of like, yeah, maybe a podcast because I'm I'm a big talker. <laughs> I'm not uh, very good at writing, you know, blog posts and that's just not a strength of mine. I'm, I'm definitely the kind of person that just likes to talk things out and thought how cool of an idea to just be able to have meaningful conversations and get to know people and share that with thousands of people. That's kind of a cool idea. <laughs> and, you know, Going through even just the first few months of starting the podcast, I, I would still get people asking me, you know, how do you go about starting a podcast and, and all this stuff? And I really just kind of went for it. And I'm going to tell you that now I think I feel way more invested and way more connected to this podcast than I was when I first started. And I have some real goals around the podcast now, which when I first started, I just felt like, yeah, I'm just going to do it and we'll just like kind of see where it goes. And, you know, my biggest fear was like, no one's going to listen. <laughs> and I think that's a fear that many people have before they start off on a new adventure or a new chapter in their life or a new project, uh, that they're doing something that's a little vulnerable and putting themselves out there and are like, oh, what if no one comes to this event, right? Um, what if what if no one participates in this thing? And I'm super, super thankful that thousands of you have listened and have participated in these conversations with me and have um, 
expanded on these conversations in your personal lives and, and shared them with your friends. And, and that means a ton to me. Um, I think a, a lesson that I learned through the podcast that I wasn't super, I guess I didn't expect, um, I started to feel quite disconnected from all of you actually. And for a long time, I kept saying, I really want to do a live podcast event and I really want to actually connect in person with these listeners. And in April, so it was a little over a year that I had started the podcast, decided to host my first event and a lot of you showed up and I was not expecting that. We hosted it at the Cloud Room in Seattle and I felt like it was really important for me to do here in Seattle as I've received a lot of support from this community here and had about 80 people show up and it still kind of maintained a level of intimacy that was really important to me but also was able to reach a, a decent amount of people and that meant so much to me. I actually cried for every Eventbrite ticket sale that I got. (laughs) That I was like so incredibly humbled that you all valued these conversations and that you valued this podcast as, as much as I did and that it really meant something to you all. So that was such a whirlwind of an experience. And moving forward in the next 100 episodes, I plan to do several more live podcast events in other cities. So stay tuned for that. Um, You all have also seen me through not one, but two breakups in a hundred (laughs) episodes. And those two episodes have been the, probably the most shared and most listened to episodes. And that really says a lot to me that says that relationships are something that you all really value, that you also really value my vulnerability and and appreciate that. And that means a lot. All right. It's time for a short break here, but just want to share this with you guys as a potential option. If you are looking at getting your master's degree that, you know, if you want a really convenient and flexible schedule to take um, an online master's degree program where you can really learn at your own pace, that Ashford University has just that kind of a program that you can literally study wherever you're most comfortable learning. You can take one course at a time. So I know for some people, you know, signing up for a full semester of classes can be overwhelming or just won't fit in their schedules. And so Ashford University actually has six week long courses that allow you to take one course at a time. And by being enrolled in just one class means that you're considered a full-time student. Um, And a bonus perhaps is that you are not required even to have taken the GRE or the GMAT or other standardized test scores to enroll in Ashford University. So if you are looking to achieve your master's degree while balancing work and home life, you can start earning your master's degree today. You can enroll by going to ashford.edu slash Taylor. That's ashford.edu slash Taylor to start your master's degree today. Again, ashford.edu slash Taylor. And now we can get back to the show. So I guess a little bit of what I want to share going forward 
with the podcast is that we're going to switch it up just a little bit. Podcast is still going to feel the same. It's still going to have the same kind of flow of me and a guest, but our topics are going to be a little bit more focused on relationships and sexual health. So a lot of the, in the last 100 episodes, we have spoken about all kinds of different mental health subjects from OCD to uh, depression to sexual assault. Uh, we've really covered some, some deep, sensitive topics and I want to continue to do that. However, I want to touch light on a lot more subjects that, you know, not a ton of people do. And I, I think as much as not a ton of people discuss mental health and say uh, things like OCD, I think a lot more people are really scared to actually share and discuss uh, their sexual experiences and, and to educate themselves on sexual health as well. And that's something I have never been shy around. Granted, it may not have been what any of you saw of me on The Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise, or um, even perhaps on, on Instagram or in the first 100 episodes of the podcast. But I think that's also kind of why that's important, right? I've been really open. And in my personal life, I'm really open about that kind of stuff. But it wasn't something that I shared publicly. And I think there was a reason for that, right? Because it felt a little too uncomfortable. And it felt like this isn't something that people talk about publicly. Like you don't talk about that. (laughs) And then I was kind of like, no, I think I should. And that started off, you know, a few episodes ago, I want to say it was like episode 93, um, talking about sex drives where I started to share a little bit more and got some feedback from you all. And, uh, then did a few more and then was super, super vulnerable, um, in my podcast with reality, Steve, and just got amazing feedback from you all, sharing your experiences with me. And I want to answer a few of your questions based around like relationships uh, that I received after that episode, the bonus episode. But I I really hope that you all enjoy the next uh, 100 episodes of the podcast. I have some really exciting guests lined up and we will be taking like a two-week break. So in you know, I started the podcast in December 2017 and it's been 100 episodes and I not once have taken a break. (laughs) And so I'm going to take a two-week break and start up with episode 101 on December, the first week of December. And I'll still be working. I'll still be recording. (laughs) But uh, there will not be episodes released in those two weeks. So that will give you guys a chance to, you know, listen to previous episodes, uh, maybe continue to leave reviews of which episodes really resonated with you and just kind of catch up on on, um, some previous episodes. But I want to take a second here to discuss... uh, these solo episodes sometimes trip me up because I don't know how <laughs> I, I I know that some podcasts go based off of a script and I'm not sure how you all feel about that. I I could certainly type things up and, and read them out word for word, but I just kind of see where it goes. Um, I'm pulling up the screenshot here and 
this this kind of question that I'm about to read is is something I want to cover a lot more. You all have so many questions about relationships and about dating. And I want to lend not only some of my professional um, knowledge, but also my own personal opinions and experiences. So I absolutely love this question. So this person writes, I'm currently a senior at ASU getting my degree in family and human development. In my advanced marriage and family relationship class, we are talking about hookup culture and if cyber sex is considered cheating. I've listened to your podcast recently and followed your posts a lot over the last couple of weeks and was just curious as to what your stand on cyber sex is and if you consider it cheating. You've touched base on some very personal things and have reshaped, I feel like, how people talk about their sexual needs and was honestly just curious what your thoughts were. All right. I have many thoughts on this. Surprise, surprise. So I've also received several questions based around this idea of cyber sex being cheating in the past of women feeling like their husband's watching porn is considered cheating, which I guess is slightly different than cyber sex, but along similar lines have gotten many questions about this and is something I'll plan to continue to cover. My response, sorry, if you hear chewing in the background, that is Lily eating her dinner. Lily. Yeah, she's, (laughs) this podcast is helping feed Lily. So thank you all. Lily, (laughs) Lily thanks you all right now as she eats her dinner (laughs) and I record at my kitchen table. So I believe, this is my personal two cents here, that if you are in a monogamous relationship and having cyber sex with someone who is not your partner, that that is cheating. If you are in a, if you are completely single, right? If you have multiple sexual partners and are single, I don't think that having cyber sex with one person, if you haven't had an, a conversation around exclusivity with one person, with someone else, that that is considered cheating. Um, I also think my stance on cyber sex is it can be great. I think, granted, people feel a need to protect themselves online. And I'll share this with you. Uh, When you are doing your, what's it called? When you're doing your, wow, I'm having a total brain fart. When you're signing up to be on The Bachelor, right? When you're going through like your application process, um, one portion of that is a background check. And you sit with a lawyer and one of the questions that they ask is, have you ever sent any nude photos? And I remember I looked at her and I laughed and I was like, it's 2017, who hasn't? or 2016, whatever year it was that I was on. I was like, who hasn't? Like, if anyone tells you that they haven't, they're lying. (laughs) And to me, I I get people want to be able to protect themselves. But at the same time, it's we all have a body, right? And I don't think that there's anything wrong with wanting to experience and explore your sexuality via cyber sex, whether that's sexting, you know, 
having sexual conversation over text or whether that's doing sexy FaceTime, mutual masturbation over FaceTime or strip teases or whatever over FaceTime. And I guess the, the third kind of cyber sex you could have is with webcam, um, with paying to watch someone on webcam. Um, yeah, I, I guess those would kind of be my three definitions of, of cyber sex. I guess you could potentially include porn on there if, if you wanted, but my only like hard answer to this question is that if you are in a monogamous relationship and are having cyber sex with someone other than your partner, that that is cheating. If you are just in hookup culture, as this message says, um, and are not exclusive with anyone, I think you can have cyber sex with several people and that that's okay. I have a friend that I have cyber sex, sexy FaceTime with somewhat frequently and he lives in a totally different country and we'll have sexy FaceTimes together and it's great, which is something I can share more about later. Just, (laughs) I know people have a lot of questions about how this works, what you do, all those things. And that can definitely be something I, I share more about in a future episode, but yeah. I, I don't think I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with cyber sex. And I think especially before, you know, having sex with someone that using text and sexy FaceTime as a way to warm you up to that, as a way to discuss your desires, what you desire sexually, what your preferences are, what things you don't like, is a great opportunity to then ensure that when you do when you are with that person again in person or for the first time in person that you've communicated some of those things and that they kind of have an idea of what you're looking for, of what pleasures you, um, all of those things. So that's it for that question. Time for a short break. This one is real exciting. This one I don't think could be more on brand for me. (laughs) And I'm going to share with you guys plant package because you guys know I am a huge plant lady and I absolutely love, love, love my plants. And not everyone has a super green thumb and not everyone has the time to like figure out how to make your plants look super cute and put together and even how to take care of them. And so plant package is a subscription that has plants that can thrive indoors or outdoors. You can choose your body to come monthly, every other month, or seasonally. And it provides you with everything you need for your plants. You get just the right amount of soil and plant food, and it includes instructions for assembly and plant care. They include a stylish container, so you don't even have to worry about that. They even actually provided a little drain catcher at the bottom of the pot because you need drainage, folks. Drainage is real important for your plants. So one of my favorite things that I'll say about Plant Package is that they offer gift options. And I think that offering 
like a plant package to someone as a gift is like the sweetest freaking thing you could do. Whether they just moved into a new house or they're going through a rough time or you just know that they've been wanting to get plants and you just want to like do them a, do them a solid. So right now, Plant Package is offering listeners of Let's Talk About It 10, 15, sorry, $15 off your first plant package. So visit plantpackage.com and use code TAYLOR to redeem at checkout. And this offer is also valid on gifts. Again, that's $15 off your first plant package. Just visit plantpackage.com and use promo code TAYLOR to redeem at checkout. I hope you all check this one out because I love mine and I'm looking at it right now and it is beautiful. But now we can get back to the show. This other DM says... This was a post kind of about uh, about breaking up. And it says, I just got out of a relationship about three months ago and it was not the smoothest ending. I was hoping we could be civil and friendly, but now we don't talk at all and are on bad terms. I'm struggling with being open to meeting someone else. I don't know how to tell if I'm afraid of getting hurt again or if I'm just not mentally or emotionally ready for anything new. I am still hurting from everything that happened. Do you have any advice? So I'm not sure how long this relationship did last for. Sounds like three months ago, you had just gotten out of it. And when relationships end really badly, when it's not a super smooth ending, I think the period of time to kind of flow through all of that kind of gets extended, right? Because I think when there isn't that kind of positive interaction with each other, that there's still so much to sort out. It feels like there isn't necessarily closure because things aren't on good terms. And sometimes that just doesn't sit right. Especially if this is someone that you fell in love with and that you like saw a future with, that that can be really difficult. Now, I'll say I've definitely come out of relationships that didn't always have the smoothest ending and also hoped that we would be civil and friendly. And one thing that I have had to learn is that you got to give people their space. I am someone that's like, we're going to talk it through. Like, we just need to talk about it. But some people just need space to move through that. And I think providing that space it, it, it might feel weird because it feels like there's tension because we can't talk. But guess what? If you were to talk, that other person wouldn't be ready and it would only create more conflict. That's my thinking on it. And not talking at all doesn't always mean that that's permanent. That's something that has helped me to remind myself of when I'm going through a breakup that hasn't ended well, when I want to be friends shortly after and the other person wants extra space, is that we're not on the best terms and I don't like that we're not talking at all, but that doesn't mean we'll never talk again. I just have that in the back of my head that I'm like, one day it'll be okay. One day, the dust will have settled. There will have been time to reflect. And we'll be able to look back and discuss this relationship. We'll be able to look back and thank each other for the roles that we played in our lives. And I try to keep hope for 
when that time will come. That helps me gets through that helps me get through that part where there's no communication. And in terms of struggling with being open to meeting someone else, you might not be ready. And that's okay. That's totally okay. There is no set amount of time that you have to wait or that you should wait to start seeing people after a breakup. It totally varies based on the relationship and what you're looking for and what place you're in and on timing and who you meet. I mean, I'll be a little vulnerable. (laughs) Um, I I will not say I'm seeing someone, but I have been talking to someone. I don't know if that's any different. Basically, I'm not in a committed relationship, okay? But I do like someone. And I was not at all expecting to meet that person. I didn't know if I would be ready to meet someone else. I wasn't like thinking I was going to start pursuing seeing other people. We just met. And it's it's things like that that I think you need to be really open to in life, right? That sometimes the universe just like gives you what you need when you need it and you might not even know it. I might be getting a little like woo-woo-y over here, but that's just my personal <laughs> two cents. And I think it's totally okay to feel afraid of getting hurt again and not being mentally or emotionally ready for anything new. Um, it sounds like you might just be struggling with the whole experience of being alone right now, which is okay. Being alone after being in a relationship can 100% feel like the worst thing in the world. Totally. And I think it's important to spend that time with yourself, to spend that time in the discomfort and figure out why do I feel like I need to meet someone? Why, you know, again, I'm just kind of reflecting like why didn't this relationship work out? What part did I play in this? What am I looking for? What things don't I want in a relationship? I think it's totally okay to give yourself that time to be alone without feeling the pressure that you need to get right back into it. Um, And just kind of to the last sentence in this message of saying, I'm still hurting from everything that happened three months ago. Feel it. I totally get it. Breakups are difficult. Even if it's the best decision, even if logically you can wrap your head around it, it is still a moment of of grieving that comes in waves. You are saying goodbye to a relationship that you nourished, that you put in energy, that you put in money, (laughs) that you projected a future with. So that's totally, totally okay and normal to still be hurting from that especially if things ended poorly. <laughs> I think it's really important to give yourself give yourself space and give yourself time for that to be okay that you're not okay. You know, you don't have to be hitting the bars and hitting the dating apps and, you know, wherever else you're meeting people immediately after a breakup. I think there's so much pressure on women specifically to be in a relationship and that if they're not, then what's wrong with them and, you know, can be shamed for all kinds of reasons as to why their relationships don't work. And I'm just going to tell you it's bullshit. Um, 
you don't have to be in a relationship. And I really love this. Actually, I think this came out last week that Emma Watson said she was self-partnered. Which, like, could she be any greater? (laughs) She's really great. I love this term of self-partnered. You know, I, I refer to my romantic and sexual people as partners. And, like, why can't I be that? I masturbate. I date myself. I take myself out to lunch, (laughs) you know? (laughs) I think self-partnered is a great way to look at it and to also feel empowered in not necessarily having someone else as your partner. So that's that's my advice to, to this listener. All right, time for a short break here. I want to share with you all a sponsor of the podcast called Trust and Will, which is estate planning simplified. You can gain a peace of mind protecting your assets and family. It really only takes 10 minutes to finish online. I did it. It was super, super easy. And they actually provide a lot of education along the way as well, which I found super helpful because I knew nothing about trusts and and guardianships um, and wills. So they're online. It starts at only $39 and you can get uh, guardianships, wills, and trusts in all 50 states. And you can take 10% off by going to trustandwill.com slash Taylor or entering promo code Taylor at trustandwill.com. Again, that's 10% off by going to trustandwill.com slash Taylor or entering promo code Taylor at trustandwill.com. And now we can get back to the show. It kind of flows quite nicely into this next question, which asks, how do you maintain boundaries with the new person you are connecting with? It sometimes leads to hurt feelings, even when you're transparent and where you're at in your healing journey. Such a big question. And I hope to also discuss this question with some guests in the future as well, because I want to lend multiple opinions to this question. I will speak to my own personal experiences and kind of share a little bit of like what I struggle with boundary wise when I'm connecting with someone new as I'm in the process of doing that now. And um, I think one of the biggest things that we fear and that often prevents us from connecting with someone new is fear of rejection and fear of actually being vulnerable and it not working out. And perhaps you are still in a really emotional state in your healing journey where that feels like too much to handle. So I think there's a balance between having all of your walls up right? And just not opening yourself up to someone new at all versus just literally having no boundaries and just jumping full force in with someone new. Really, really quickly. Um, I think it's really important though to be transparent and where you're at in your healing journey. Um, And even when you do that, it totally can still lead to hurt feelings. And That's the thing about vulnerability is that we are vulnerable with no guarantee that we are risking rejection every time we're vulnerable. 
but we're also putting ourselves in a position to experience connection. And we won't be able to experience that connection unless we are vulnerable. (laughs) I wish it, in some ways, that's so simple, but it is so difficult. (laughs) And I want to say I wish it was easier, but it is this simple, it's it's, it's a simple notion, right? But really difficult in practice. And I think maintaining boundaries with the new person that you're connecting with is first, I think you got to think about what your boundaries were with your previous relationship, right? And how you managed that, what boundaries, and and again, I guess I'll just be specific here. Um, In a previous episode with Dr. Lauren Vogel, uh, Logan, Lauren Vogel Mercy, uh, we spoke about sexual boundaries a little bit and the difference between a boundary and an ultimatum. And a boundary is like what you are going to do, right? It's not, it's not your partner changing. It's if this happens, then I need to do this for myself. So trying to think of what a boundary would be for me with someone that I am currently talking with. Hmm. Well, honestly, this is actually a boundary that I have in every relationship and that you guys experienced if you watched my season of Bachelor in Paradise, that one of my boundaries is uh, I cannot and will not tolerate abusive language within a relationship. And that doesn't mean swearing, but it does mean swearing at me and name calling. So that kind of like verbal abuse is not something that I will tolerate in a relationship. So I can't say to my partner, like, you can't talk to me like that. That's my boundary. You cannot do that. But what I can say is... I have a really firm boundary around verbal abuse. And so if that's something that comes up for us, then I'm going to need to take a step back for myself because that will put me in a really bad place and I want to respect my boundary. So if that comes up and, and you swear at me or you start calling me names... I'm not going to be interested in, in continuing this relationship. And I think... Honestly, this is the perfect example from Paradise. Uh, If this is a new person you're connecting with, at that time, um, Derek was someone new that I was connecting with, right? And how do I work out maintaining a boundary with someone new? Um, I I worked with that a little bit, right? And And I tried to say, okay, you know, this is someone new that I am connecting with. And even though I had already communicated what this boundary was, maybe I really need to reinforce why this is important to me and why this boundary is here. So I think a large part of it is making sure that you are just communicating these things to your partner because honestly, a lot of the times we don't actually communicate what our boundaries are. And when we do, it's more formed in a way that makes our partner responsible and not ourselves. So it's a difficult thing to A, figure out and B, to communicate. And totally when you're in a new relationship, um, it, it takes some time to kind of figure that out. A, even as, as 
strong as this boundary around language is for me, I do usually allow someone to work through it once, maybe twice, depending on the situation, because they are learning now how to communicate with me. They are unlearning their dynamics that they've had in previous relationships or what they've experienced growing up and that that takes time. So I try to have a little bit of, you know, perspective around their experience and I try to do that, not always perfect, but I try to do that in a way that is still respecting myself and respecting my boundary because I don't want to get into a place where I'm then just giving someone else passes for every boundary that they're breaking uh, and not actually following through on my end of enforcing that boundary. So I'm not sure how well that answers your question, but I think when you are healing and you are dating, like healing from a previous relationship, and honestly, we're all always kind of healing in some way, right? That it's important to like own your part of that, right? To communicate what it is you're struggling with. For me currently, I am struggling with letting in the nice. I've had two previous relationships where someone was just so nice and I, it made me feel so icky and I felt like, why are they being so nice to me? And I questioned it and I pushed it away and I self-sabotaged it. And when I really took a step back and looked at that, I was like, holy shit, I didn't think I was worthy of that. I, I pictured them with a totally different woman and like talked myself out of that, that I couldn't be that woman. So something that I'm, you know, that, that's something I'm still currently processing now as I have met someone that is really nice, um, that I'm coming to terms with what that means for me and my healing journey to let that in. That how does that feel when I let that nice in? What messages come up in my head about myself when he says something nice to me, when he compliments me and not just like, you know, my hair or my makeup or my appearance, right? But when when I actually get a, a real compliment, when someone is seeing me that... I I struggled with that in my healing journey of saying, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) All right. It's time for a short break here. And I'm excited to share this one with you all because I'm hoping I'm going to get mine back soon. (laughs) This super valuable item is currently with my ex-boyfriend, but I want to share with you guys a way because they honestly are my favorite freaking suitcases and I travel all the time. And these suitcases are so thoughtfully designed and super durable and they just help me keep everything organized. It's so easy to carry up and down the stairs. In my apartment building, I don't have an elevator, so I'm always having to carry my suitcases up and down the steps. And I really miss my one that is from away because... I could still pack a bunch of things in it, but it still felt light and absolutely love that. The wheels don't stick. Uh, They provide a laundry bag for dirty clothes. 
They really have thought of so many things. And hopefully I'll get mine back from my ex-boyfriend soon. But if not, maybe I'm going to use my own code. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) listeners of Let's Talk About It Now can go to awaytravel.com slash Taylor2019 and use promo code Taylor2019 for $20 off a suitcase. Visit awaytravel.com slash Taylor2019 and use promo code Taylor2019 during checkout. Again, I'm telling you, if (laughs) the one thing after a breakup, you don't necessarily want to rush to get like all your things back, you know, like maybe you want to like let the dust settle a little bit, but I'm like, no. I want my Away suitcase back because it's like my favorite. So again, you guys can go to awaytravel.com slash Taylor2019 and use promo code Taylor2019 for $20 off a suitcase. Visit awaytravel.com slash Taylor2019 and use promo code Taylor2019 during checkout and make sure that y'all are traveling not only in style, but like efficiently as well. So I hope you all check that out and I'll keep you updated when I get mine. (laughs) We can get back to the show. This is this last question that I'll answer is focused around an open marriage. And this conversation around open relationships and consensual non-monogamous relationships will definitely continue on this podcast. If we are going to talk about relationships, we can't only talk about monogamous relationships. There are so many different ways people structure their relationships. And just because it might not be monogamous does not mean it is wrong. Does not mean that it is bound to fail. And does not mean that they are outcasts, that they are sexual fiends, that they are terrible parents. It doesn't mean any of those things. And I really want to help provide more education around these dynamics. And I really want to help chip away some of the shame and stigma around them. So relationships play such a huge part in our mental health and our sexual experiences and our sexual health plays a huge role in our relationships. So it's really all connected. And, you know, I know a lot of you follow me from being on The Bachelor and on Bachelor in Paradise, which are both dating shows, right? And I don't always really cover what's happening on, you know, current seasons or anything like that. But there is a lot of content there. There is a lot to discuss with those things. And it might be something I, I touch on in future seasons as it is very relevant conversation. And I think that there is an opportunity there to discuss some of these things. I mean, even just the, di- just the dynamic of the show in and of itself, the fact that it is one person dating many other people <laughs> is something to talk about. <laughs> so yeah, this last question that I'll answer here says, and I guess Sorry, the last thing I will preface this with is, A, I super appreciate that in these messages and these emails that you all have shared your personal experiences with me because honestly, I think that's an honor and I look at it as a privilege because you're being vulnerable with me and you don't have to be. And so I really honestly hope that the things I say and my feedback is helpful and that it 
resonates with you in some shape or form. I really, really honestly hope that. I, I will do my best too. And I hope that as we talk more about these different kinds of relationships, as we discuss more sexual health, as you all are asking more questions and sharing your stories with me, and I'm then sharing them with all the other listeners, I really, really hope that we can be super open-minded and gentle and empathetic and compassionate and really just try to listen to someone else's experience and allow it to be true. That's, That's a big one. Just allowing someone else's experience to be valid. Just just accepting it for what it is. I think so often when it's something different than what we experience, we just want to shove it down and just say, nope, not okay. When in reality it is. And that's it's that it's that person's truth. So this last question says, I recently got more involved with a man who was in an open marriage. We met in February and instantly connected, but didn't get sexually intimate until last month. He lives in a different state, so we only spent a few nights and weekends together when he's in town. Do you have any advice for being the secondary partner? I'm trying to figure out how to navigate this whole thing. Any help would be greatly appreciated. All right. I'll start off with that. When I started sharing more content around open and poly relationships, I was surprised, but also really happy to get many messages from people sharing what kind of poly relationship they're in or how they and their partner are navigating their open relationship. I thought that was amazing. So A, thank you very much to this listener who wrote this question. Um, I think being the secondary partner can be really difficult. And it it sounds like he's been very open with you about the fact about like the dynamics of what their marriage is and and hopefully have has set expectations as to what you can expect from him. Um but it it also sounds like it didn't I don't know if you just didn't have the opportunity to be intimate before last month or if there was an intentional reason of waiting to be intimate until last month, but I think when navigating being someone's secondary partner, you have to make sure to ask questions. <laughs> I'm going to draw from my own personal experience on this one. When I was getting my master's and living in Baltimore, and I was recently single. And I met this guy on, God, I want to say, this was like, I think when Tinder like first came out and like I downloaded Tinder and was looking through and I was like, I don't know about this. And I am pretty sure this was on Plenty of Fish or maybe it was OkCupid. I don't know, but I downloaded a bunch and was just seeing what the differences were in them. And this guy I had seen on Tinder and had seen on another, I think it was like OkCupid or something. And... Um, on our first date, he brought up that he is in a relationship, um, that he has someone who is his primary partner, but that he has flexibility and openness in his relationship to have other girlfriends. And I was kind of surprised and I didn't totally know, you know, I, I knew I wasn't looking to get into a serious relationship at the time. 
And that was kind of my, you know, expectation in my interaction with him was that, you know, we would maybe just see each other a few times and no real expectations of being in a serious relationship, just trying to get back out in the dating world. And it was, I I asked a lot of questions. I asked a lot of questions about what their boundaries are, about, you know, why they wanted to be in an open relationship. And that gave me a lot of insight into what he was looking for, of what was important for him, you know, that that's the whole reason why they would consider an open relationship. And it did feel a little strange that I I felt like I needed to talk to her, that I felt like I wanted to, to make sure that she was on board with this, right? That I was like, wait a second, <laughs> Are, are we sure about this? Like, are you just, you know, saying you want to be with other people? And she's just like, sure, just because I love you and I don't want you to leave me. So he he reassured, you know, over and over and she actually was bisexual. And so, you know, he had introduced other girlfriends to her and that was that was just kind of how their relationship was. And so asking questions on like what, his previous relationships have been like and how he's experienced being in an open relationship, I think can just help you in a way to kind of know what, what expectations are, are on you and just kind of like what your place is. For me, I was kind of like, what does that mean that I'm like your side piece? Like what, what does that mean for me? And I I think being a secondary partner you also got to be really clear about what you want out of that relationship. What makes my heart really sad is when someone goes into it and feels like they're going to be able to become monogamous with that person, right? When you start off saying, oh, you know, yeah, this is cool. I don't care. I know. I understand. But then in the back of your head thinking, well, actually, I think I can change this because of how strong our connection is. I think that could be a really dangerous place. So if you haven't already, I would highly recommend advice for being a secondary partner to ask and try to learn more about what his previous experiences have been like in an open relationship, in an open marriage, why they wanted to seek being in an open marriage in the first place. And honestly... Depending on the place that you're in and your life, maybe these, you know, every so often weekends with him is satisfying and that's all you feel like you need in your life. But for me, when I was in that situation, it felt very important to me that I was also dating other people, that there were other people I was talking to and that it didn't feel like he was my boyfriend, but not my boyfriend. <laughs> um, because in in his instance... Well, there's several reasons for that. One being I didn't want to be monogamous with him, but also that I wasn't necessarily fully attracted to her or wanted to be in a triad relationship with them and that I still wanted to to date other people. And I think 
clarifying if this open relationship is just intimate versus if this is like a polyamorous type of marriage because the big difference between an open relationship and a poly relationship is that polyamorous relationships also heavily focus on emotional connection. And typically speaking, open relationships are just kind of sexually based, that there's sexual openness there, but that everything else, they are essentially monogamish, right? Um, so yeah, it, it, I, I would need more information based on this dynamic of knowing, you know, if it is exclusively a sexual relationship that he's allowed to have with other women and that it just happened that you didn't get to have that experience until recently or what. But I think as a secondary partner to make sure that you're also exploring, you know, other parts of yourself and other potential partners, if, if, having a primary partner is something you are looking for. Like I wouldn't look for that in this person who already has a primary partner. I hope that that makes sense. So that's all of my advice for that question. We're at 50 minutes now and I've talked solo for 50 minutes straight. (laughs) Um, I want to say a few last thoughts here on hundred episodes. I, okay, wow. I might cry. (laughs) Um, I can't even say how much your support in this podcast means to me. There have been many days throughout this hundred days, a hundred episodes, sorry, that it has felt like, wait, what am I doing? (laughs) That it felt like, wait, does, is this helping anyone? Like, is this, does this matter? Like, and, and questioning that. And so getting your messages, reading your reviews, it really, really honestly makes a difference. And it really helps me connect with you all. And it makes me feel super motivated to provide as quality of content as I can for you all. And it's really wild to think that this is part of what I get to do. And getting to connect with you all is honestly amazing. One thing I am looking forward to doing in the next 100 episodes is being able to receive phone calls from you all where you can call and you can ask me a question, you can explain a situation, we can talk about something, and where you can send me voice notes, voice memos, And we can share them on the podcast and I can then respond to it potentially with a guest. And I really, really am looking forward to meeting more of you. It makes me want to cry when I meet someone out and they say, oh, Taylor, like, hey, love you so much. Like, really, really love the podcast. I like want to start crying immediately when (laughs) I meet you all and you say that because for a long time, it was just, oh, loved you on The Bachelor and blah, blah, blah. And that is also that also means something to me. It does. But the podcast has been a space where I've been able to be vulnerable, where I've, you know, had control of my edit, where I've been able to really just be me to all of you. And to know that you all see me as well 
has felt super, super powerful. And I feel like a much deeper connection when I meet you all and you say that you've listened to the podcast and it, it just is, is honestly great validation that I need to keep doing this. So thank you. Thank you so, so, so much for sticking with me in this, for supporting this, for leaving your reviews and for just giving a shit about these kinds of conversations, for listening to white privilege, (laughs) for, (laughs) for listening to things like white privilege and mental health and just the things that are uncomfortable. I by no means think I know everything, nor do my guests, honestly. (laughs) We are all just trying to figure out this thing of love and health and life. And I'm so privileged and honored to have you all along on this experience with me because I'm doing it with you. We're really all just doing it together. So with all of that said, just another huge thank you. By the end of this week, my goal is to have the podcast reviews and ratings up to 1,000 to celebrate 100 episodes. That would mean the world just to know what your favorite episode has been Um. That also gives me an idea of what kind of topics you all want me to cover more. I definitely already have some things in the books around more sexual health and uh, sexual, you know, experiences and and pleasure and, and relationships and dating. So stay tuned for that. And I'm so proud of us all. I'm so proud of us that we have made it to 100 episodes and I cannot wait to see where we are at in uh, 200, 200 episodes. I was going to say another 100, but that is just 100 plus 100, which is 200. I'm not good at math. This is why I host a podcast and I talk. (laughs) Um, That does it for today's episode. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really honestly cannot say thank you enough. Lily is finished with her dinner. She also says thank you for helping feed her. Um, I appreciate you all so, so, so much. And I hope you take care of yourself in these next two weeks while I'm on break. And I hope that you take some time to listen to some past episodes and share with your friends and share with your family. And hopefully if this resonated with you, it'll resonate with someone else in your life as well. So I hope that that helps and have a wonderful two weeks and I'll talk to you next time. is brought to you by wave podcast network check out all of our shows including the brain candy podcast i don't get it coffee convos and let's talk about it surgeons keep our hearts beating they do the amazing help save lives and so can you your csl plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity.